we'll do because of time, we'll do maybe a little introduction to this. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. And we will, because we're, you know, the whole big theme of, of Sukkot for us is, is fruit, fruit of the Spirit. Also, we talked about in our title last week, or really the theme was, is um, the fruit of the Spirit has to grow in the garden of obedience. And that was the thing that we're really looking about is the garden of obedience, being obedient to His Word. And what we want to do is take time because, look, a lot of you guys, we have read, you have read the fruit of the Spirit. You know, there's nine of them, but there's a reason why they're there. And uh, I won't get there today uh, because of time, but we'll jump maybe into Second Peter next week. But I just want us to know and understand, because we talked about this before. The gifts of the Spirit are the power gifts. The fruit of the Spirit if we can't function, and I've said this before, if you can't operate in the fruit of the Spirit, we have no business trying to operate in the power gifts. Because what you're going to do is you're going to, do, you're going to be wrong. You're going to do them wrong because you're going to be out of the flesh is what's going to end up happening. If we can't have this relationship, the first, as we've talked about this before, out of the nine fruits of the Spirit, the first three is our relationship, love, joy, and peace, shalom, is between us and the Father. If we don't have this right, I can't have this right. And this is the next three that it talks about. And then the last three is our relationship between us and ourselves and how we are to be. Okay, so with that said, I don't want to, I, it, it gets to a place I feel that we read, we go over these things, and we don't really look at each one and apply each one. We're not really, I think, sometimes in our life asking the questions. Because we get, in, we get in our life, we just get in a rut, and it becomes rote. We know what the answers are. I mean, in here, we're in a congregation. We're in a church, as we call it, in a church setting. And if I ask you the question, do you love Yahweh, you're not going to say no. Because that's the wrong answer. You know what I'm saying? So what happens is, is sometimes when we're in certain settings, whether it's if you're in business, if you're, uh, you take Chevron, you take Mississippi Power, you take any of these big corporations, uh, they are serious about their safety programs. Amen? They're serious about their safety programs. And so you go and you violate these programs, it ain't good. You know what I mean? You get called in. And so... What I'm afraid is, is sometimes in this, because I worked offshore, I worked with an oil and gas company, hard hats is part of our safety program. But I will tell you, and I don't know about you guys, and you make, and especially in a plant, I've, I've hit, hurt my neck more wearing a hard hat than not wearing a hard hat. Because the hard hat's got that bill, and I've run into more pipes about that tall and jammed my neck. So a lot of times, I didn't wear it. I'd carry it, and if I heard a chopper, if I heard the boss coming, guess what I would do? I'd put that hard hat on because I'm supposed to have it on. But what happens is, is, you know, sometimes then it gets to a place to where, you know, I am not not to have it because it's there for a reason. It is there for safety. And I can have all the opinions in the world about why I didn't need to wear it. But in all actuality, 
It was there to save my life, and it was there because we have had things happen to people uh, where things would fall, drop, hit them on the head, hit them on the hard hat, and if they didn't have it, it would not be good. Because I will just tell you, I was on a platform one time when they had a drilling rig over the top, and I was on the top deck just doing my thing. I heard this loud noise, and I saw this hard hat go about 40 feet in the air. And I'm like, this dude, I didn't know if his head was still in the hard hat. But what happened to him was, is he was taking off a gauge that had pressure on it, and it was trap pressure. And that gauge went right through here, missed his nose, caught the bill of the hard hat, and got in the hard hat and rode it clean up into the dairy. And I was just sitting here saying, you know, even though that was a different angle, I just know that I need to wear my hard hat. So what happens is, is the reason why I'm just saying this is this. Sometimes in our workplace, we get very comfortable with the way we do things, and we start getting laxed in what we do. And when we get laxed, that's when accidents begin to happen. That's when things start to happen. Look, guys, cell phones. I'm just saying... Texting and driving, watching YouTube while you're driving. You get comfortable, one day you're going to be off in the ditch somewhere. Because, you know, and it's, it's just on and on. So what I'm saying, I use these little examples to say this. The fruits of the Spirit are the things that we really need to look at. And right above it are the works of the flesh. And there's a lot more works of the flesh listed. Because I think I counted like 20 and it, then it ended like in things like these. So there's more than just what was put there. Okay, so let's just start in verse 1. It says this, For freedom, and this is where everything starts, For freedom, Messiah has set us free. This is a Passover meaning here. We were free at Passover. The next part I want to see is, what does it say next? Stand firm. Is that what yours says? I'm out of the ESV. Don't be entangled again. I love that. Don't be entangled again. Stand firm. Like I said, we're going slow. We're going to dissect this. For freedom, Messiah has set us free. Guys, if you are a believer in Yeshua, you should be free. Now, for all of us here, most of us here have Yeshua as our Savior. And we have been walking out these feasts and festivals. We've been walking out. But do you know that there's a lot of people that have Yeshua as their Savior that's still in the same bondage as they was when they were back in Egypt? Why? Because they're not standing firm. What was that definition you said? Don't be entangled again. What happened to the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt? They started getting entangled again because they started looking at the, the nice watermelons. They started looking at the leeks, the garlic. They started looking at the apple fritters. They started looking at all the things that were great. They, were, they had forgot the celery. They forgot all of these things of why they left out of Egypt. You, you see what I mean? And that's, that's a good part of This is what this means. Stand firm means to refuse to change a decision or a position. This is what this means. When you have made your decision to accept Yeshua as your Savior, 
He's telling you, you better stand firm. Because if not, you're going to go back and you're going to end up being entangled back in the same mess. What about the song that they sang about chains being broken? We shouldn't have chains now in our life. But a lot of believers do. Because they are not standing firm to the position that they first and they once have. Guys, to be able to operate, let me say this about fruit. This is something like for Mr. Arnold will tell you, or anybody that has fruit trees or anybody that has any kind of garden or anything that produces fruit. It takes time. It takes care. And it takes cultivation. This is something I think um, Tanya said, a lot of people lazy. She made that statement, lazy. If we're lazy, we're not going to take time because we're in too much of a hurry, because we don't want to wait for the fruit or the results of something. We're definitely not taking care of it. And that, that's a lot when you're having to get out and cultivate and take care of something where you have to get the weeds out. You have to do certain things in your life in our, in, in, where we not just get the weeds out, but to keep them out. I hate to say it, guys. Weeds is a part of life. And this is what happens. It, it, it takes time, but the fruits of the Spirit, and if we will do what we need to do here, we can keep the weeds out. So I just wanted to say that about this word, standing firm. And then he says this, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So in other words, don't go back to Egypt. Before we even get down to the, the works of the flesh and before we ever get to the fruit of the Spirit, in the pattern of, of how he was writing this letter to the people, can I submit this to you that if he was writing this letter to the, to the believers at Galatia, for him to write this, they were already being entangled again back into the things of Egypt. Because if they were not, he would not have to address this. So guys, we're no different today than they were back then. We've said this, and I said this a few weeks ago. Since this COVID thing this happened, people has left the congregations as a whole in all different denominations. I think somebody said the other day, maybe a fourth of them has gone back. And a lot of them are not going back. They're not going back to a church setting. They're not going back to a congregational or community setting. They're, too, they're comfortable where they're at. But the problem is, is when all hell breaks loose, that ain't good. Because it's just like the other day. Uh, I'll just use it as an example. Um, we started probably around 830 how long did it take us to load from the shed and totally unload to your house? Two hours. Two hours to be able to go and, and, and to unload two storage bins. Now, it was already boxed and nice and neat, and that is great. But guys, when you had a whole army of people, I mean, whenever Yahweh says, consider the ant, consider the ant. And if you don't know what that means, just find a big mound and go kick it over and just stand there a moment. And you'll find out that they will be busy about attacking the person that kicked it over and then come back in about an hour or so. And you'll see that mound already being rebuilt. 
Yes. Yes, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Many hands make light work. What he was saying is this. They saw when they went to the store shed, there was a lizard going across the floor, but underneath it, all these ants were toting it. They had lunch. They had Subway. And so they were going. But no, but you're right. And that's what community, and I'm afraid what's going to happen is, is for the people, they're going to lose this. And it's just, it's just really, really sad. It's just really sad. Because, look, here's another thing. We, we are here to keep one another accountable. And when you're sitting in your living room, there's nobody to keep you accountable. But all in the family or, or gun smoke or whatever you're watching, you see what I mean? There's no accountability. When people are together, we're accountable to one another. It's just, it's just there's no accountability when somebody's sitting there what you may or may not watch on the TV. Or what you may or may not watch on a computer if there's no accountabilities. But he's telling them to stand firm. There's a reason why he was saying that because I believe that they were slipping. Then he said this. Well, let's jump down now to verse 16. I'm not going to go through all that. I'm going to back up later. Verse 16, it says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? Walk by the Spirit. What does this mean? Walking by the Spirit takes time. It takes care. And we have to cultivate it. It's just not, you just don't, I mean, look. How many, you have to desire, and we're going there. See, because now there's a, there's a warring that goes on because there's a desiring between the flesh and there's a desiring from the Spirit. There's a war that happens. Sometimes we get, when we're at revival and we get revived, then guess what? We have a desire to do what's right. But when we're not, we're not taking care and cultivating that which is birthed in us, guess what happens? It starts to die out. And I will promise you, the desire of the flesh will start rising right back up. Guys, there's always a desire. There's a desire to do the things of the Spirit or there's a desire to do the things of the flesh. When? Always. It never goes away. It's a constant war and a constant battle. And this is why Yahweh never slumbers or sleeps. And this is why when we do the Shema, when we do the Via Hafta, no matter if we're sitting down, rising up, taking a nap, you know, eating supper, whatever, we always have him and meditate on his word. Because if you go to sleep in a moment, Satan comes in that door. If you leave your window cracked, he tries to get in. The enemy is always looking. What did he say to Cain? Sin is crouching at the door waiting for an opportunity. What had happened whenever Yeshua was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested? Forty days fasting and then he was tested. And then it said what? Satan left for what? A more opportune time. That more, this is why this is so important. Walking, walk by the Spirit is an action word. It didn't say set by the Spirit. We need to be moving. We need to be taking care Every day. So it says, walk by the Spirit that you would not gratify the desires of the flesh. Because if you're not walking by the Spirit, then I'm telling you, you're gratifying the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, it says, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the spirit desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. 
For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the very things that you want to do. So guys, it's just, it's, it's really simple. But you know what? If we don't take, this is hard. Can I just tell you this? Taking time, reading, studying, and praying. That's taking care and cultivating. Because a lot of times we just get into a place to where we just, we want to take vacation. We just want to take time off. I'm going to tell you something. You know, Keith and Ava, I'm just going to use them since we're in that vein. You know, they bought their house. And now they have been moving from one to the next. And they completed that task in a day. No. She's like, who are you? Are you talking? You got the wrong people. Because when you bought the place, then there has to be cleaning. There has to be pulling up carpet. There has to be painting. There ha- there's all of this stuff takes what? It takes time. And then guess what? When it gets done, she's going to tell Keith, you better take care of all this work that I've done. And that's right. <laughs> Amen. So what I'm saying is, is it does take time. It's just not, it's just not, I mean, when we get saved, we're just not glow worms. We just don't, I mean, it, it, the process begins when he brings us into freedom. It takes work to stay free is what I'm trying to say. And he gives us gifts and he gives us the fruits of the spirit to stay free. But if we're not walking in the spirit, what he's telling you is you're not walking in the fruit of the spirit. That's what he's telling you. And if you're not doing that, then you're doing something. Then we're walking into the list of the works of the flesh that's above. And we might not be walking in all of them, but if you're walking into a couple of them, there's a problem. Because what happens is, it's just like a bad cancerous cell. You may walk into, back, walk into one of them, next thing you know, about five or six of them you're walking in in the flesh. So he's telling us to stand firm in verse 1, refuse to change the very confession that you made at salvation. Now, where am I at? Okay, verse 18. It says this, but if you are led by the Spirit, then you're not under the law. Now, that really trips a lot of people up. It's real simple. If you're led by the Spirit, what are you doing? You're obeying. If you're being led by the Spirit, it says, True worshipers worship me how? In spirit and in truth. It's both. It's not spirit and in truth. If we're walking in the Spirit, that means that we are obeying Torah. That's what it means. But Torah is what? Law. And this is what messes people up. It's teaching and instructions. But in the law, there's statutes, there's judgments. It's not talking about law as a whole, because look at the context of what he's saying. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, what he's saying is, if you're obedient, you're not under the judgments of the law. Because the judgments would be this. If you commit adultery, what happens? You die. That's right. It was a death sentence. So guess what? If you're being led by the Spirit, you're not walking in adultery, then guess what? You're not under the law. 
But if you come out and you're not walking in the Spirit or being led by the Spirit, and you get into it, then what happens? The judgments of the law takes over, and then you're going to end up paying, or you're going to get judged by the penalty of it. All right, let's jump down to, well, let me finish up with this one. We'll, we'll do 23, 23, just through 26, and then I'll pick up the others later. It says this, because I'm just going to read them, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. That's our relationship between us and our Heavenly Father. Patience, kindness, and goodness is our relationship between each other. Slow down there just for us to look. Are we patient with one another? Are we kind to one another and are we good to one another? It's important. If we're not, and I think, you know, Jeremiah done a teaching a while back uh, out of his many different teachings. Uh, he, he had that one, but he done a really excellent job and he was ministering, but here's what he was saying. It's easy to be patient with somebody that you have a relationship with, but it's maybe a little tougher to have patience with somebody else that's in the same community that just you don't quite have that relationship with. But there's a reason why the father put this in here, patience. Because the opposite of patience is cutting somebody's head off, almost. You know, it's a warring if you're not. There's an agitation. There's definitely an operation in the flesh. But I bring that up, and I slow that down because, guys, this is serious. Because the deal is, is look what we've gone through in these past couple of years. Look what's happening uh, in our lives these last few years. And if we're not patient with one another... I mean, there's just so many. Look, I, you know, y'all ever heard of a thing called road rage? It, it's cost a lot of people a lot of lives. I don't understand. And and now there's there's punch out deals where people, it's just a game. They just take an elderly person and they just walk by them and just flat knock them out they got cameras everywhere now and you see this but road rage what is the deal with this road rage to where people feel like they got to run you off the road and jerk you out of a car and beat you half to death because of whatever look people pull out in front of people they pull out in front of me all the time but can I confess that maybe once or twice in my life I might have pulled out in front of somebody Y'all don't look at me strange like y'all ain't never done that before. Sometimes it happens because we're, but to be able to be in a position for you, for us to make a bad choice or a mistake, but to just turn around and just get so to where you're going to go and pull somebody out and shoot them or beat them half to death. I tell you right now, you get road rage and let Evander Holyfield, you go jump in, in his car. And then all of a sudden, you'd be backing down. I know. And he jumped out. I saw that. Somebody road raged a Vander Holyfield one day, and he got out of that vehicle, and they changed their tune. You know what I'm saying? He was all big and bad till he got out of that vehicle. But I'm just saying patience, kindness, and goodness. But I will tell you, if you're operating in the works of the flesh, it breeds impatience. And it breeds hatred 
And it does not, it breeds evils what it does. So all I'm telling, jealousy, that's, that's what I'm trying to say is this, is if there's something in us, this is why I'm going slow here, if there's something in us that causes that, then we need to look at ourselves. This is the time and season to do it. Because I always say this, Sukkot will bring it out. When you live together for 7, 8, 10, 11, 12 days, whatever we're going to be there this year, I promise you, the Father, if we don't deal with it here, now, and people listening that's going to be joining us, if you don't deal with this now, it will manifest itself. Because you know what? What is Sukkot about? It's about worshiping Him, but it's the feast of ingathering, and it's all about going into a wedding. Look. Yeshua deserves the best. He don't need, he don't deserve people this impatient. You know, he's not going to take people telling him what to do. You know what I'm saying? He deserves a bride that has these qualities, and this is why he places these qualities out here, is for us to work on this here. Amen? I'm not crazy. I'm just saying. And then faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that's something that we have to have. Mark talked about it when he was reading the scripture and the testimonies. The thing about it is, is self-control. That's something that we got to deal with. I mean, you can't put that on somebody else. You can't point your finger at somebody else and blame them because of your lack of self-control. It doesn't work that way. We have to know that what's, what is going on in our life, if we don't have self-control, if we're not gentle, if we're not faithful, that's on us. We need to work on that. Then he says this, verse 24, those who belong to Messiah Yeshua have crucified the flesh. It's the same thing of standing firm. Standing firm, making that decision. It has been crucified, and it crucifies the flesh with what? It's passions and desires. So I'm just saying here again, telling us to take inventory and talking to me first. If I've got certain passions and desires that are fleshly, I need to start repenting now. We need to get this done now in our life. Then it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And here again, what does that mean? Let us keep in step. Time, care, and cultivate. If we do that, that's how we're going to keep in step with it. Guys, you know, and then it says this. It says, and I'll finish with this scripture here. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So he's telling us this whole thing in this whole chapter is about relationship. It's about our relationship with our Father, and it's our relationship with not only each other, but it's my own relationship with myself. Was you not saying this up here in that testimony part? How many people are depressed? How many people are fighting your own anxieties? See, that's a battle that's going on between you and yourself. You know, if, if Tammy is anxious and she's got anxiety, I don't feel it. I ain't in that bubble. Now, if I stay there long enough, I get in that bubble because that anxiety may pour over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, is there's something in our life that the Father, we have to deal with our inner self. And if there's anxiety, it's gonna, and look, and there's no condemnation here at all, okay? But a lot of times, anxieties can be because there's a lack of faith. Because do we really trust? 
But at the same time, anxieties can be produced because we're not taking the time to take care of ourselves spiritually and cultivating our spiritual being. And when that happens, because what do we do? We start worrying about things that's out of our control. There's some things that I can control. I'm going to tell you this. I hate death. I hate it. Because it's an enemy. I hate it. But there's times when I, I read about it, it doesn't bother me. Do you know the reason why it doesn't bother me? Because I don't have a relationship with the people that it's touching. Ted breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Did he? Okay, they said Ted passed at 1020. That breaks my heart. He was 90, 90 years old, almost 91, almost 91 years old. And my thing is, is this, that break, it just, it breaks my heart. Well, hallelujah, I'm thankful for Myrna being strong. I'm telling you, it just breaks my heart. I don't care. It breaks my heart. He's finished his race, and there's hope for the resurrection. Amen. And this is why this is so important. We sit here, this is not a game. And I was telling Jack and I was telling some of my grandkids, you're not guaranteed to be 90 or 91. You're not guaranteed for that. And when this is, when this is going on, you know, I try to be excited here this morning to start with and get here. But Ted was on my heart. You know, and it just, and it just, it just burdened me already. Because I was figuring that probably something like this would happen. And I can't be joyous, but Shabbat is a time of joy. And, I, you know, but I, I will tell you this, the hardest thing that I ever had to do in my life was when her dad passed away. Between trumpets and Yom Kippur. And we had to do what the father told us that we needed to do. I talked to Richard. You know, you would think that just somehow or another that they would be just a moment of silence or still or recognition when something, when life comes and when life goes. But it's not. And it's like, where's the respect almost? But then if I ain't careful, I'm going to be like Job. And the father's going to get a hold of me by what little bit of hair I got. He's going to yank me up and say, who are you to tell the one that creates you how to run things? I know what I'm doing. And that's part of the trust and to know. And that's why 1 Corinthians is so important in chapter 15 that we have the hope of the resurrection. Ted has run his race. Now he will wait for the resurrection and we will all be there hopefully with him. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? This is why this is important here. Are we going to stand firm? This is why I like the gray heads that's in here. The gray heads gives us hope, this younger ones, especially the younger ones, that we can fight these battles and we can make it to the end. But guys, we got to make the right decision. We, got, we as an individual, all of you young ones, you're going to have to take the time and the care and to cultivate. You can't go into the kingdom on somebody else's coattails. It ain't going to work. It just ain't going to work.
And that's what this is really about. So if we have these things like you had brought out, if we're anxious, that deals with our situation. has no excuse on anybody else. I always say it like this, and this is probably a bad analogy. And if I am, I'm sorry, and I'll have to, you know, he'll deal with me when I get there. I always say this, everybody in life is dealt a hand. thing about it is, is we're dealt a hand. Some people are wealthy. They're born into wealth. Some people are born into poverty. Some people are born with, with unwed mother. You know what I mean? We're, okay, here we are. Now life is starting. Now, what are we going to do with it? Because eventually, when it all is said and done, we can blame everybody under the sun. You know what? You can blame God if you want to. You can blame Yahweh. It ain't going to do you no good. You can blame, but the thing about it is, is He gives every one of us, if we accept Yeshua as our Savior, I don't care what, how we were born. I don't care what race we were born. I don't care what time we were born. I don't care about any of that. If you have Yeshua as your Savior, let me tell you one thing. We get a DNA. We, we have a blood transfusion. I am no longer defined by my ancestors. I am no longer. If, I'm, if my ancestors are alcoholics, I am no longer defined by alcoholism. I'm no longer defined by all of that mess that's in the past. I have now a time to where I have to stand up and be a man or a woman and say, I have to time, put the time and the care and to cultivate the very precious gift of this freedom that we read about. It says, for in freedom, Messiah has set. He has given us this freedom. But we have to be the ones who answer to him and the time of resurrection. Because, guys, today it is in your ears where a beloved brother of ours has passed. And that is done. Much as I hate it, going to miss him, enjoyed that man, you know. He was funny character in his own ways. Amen. But I'm telling you, out there push mowing his yard, doing his stuff, didn't ask. He would do it. He, he was always asking, can I come help you and Jeremiah? Can I come help y'all? You know, but I'm just saying that, you know, that's great examples for these young people to know about the hope of us in our lives if we will hold firm. But Ted will tell you in his testimony, if you've ever talked to him, he didn't start his race that way. But he finished his race that way. And guys, that's what's important. Amen. Amen.